Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 13 of Prospect Profile. My name is Lawrence, and with me today again, I actually have a guest once again, and it is Nino, uh, who was with me on episode, uh, I believe it was 11 uh, or 10. I, I lose track now. Um, but uh, we, rec- we covered Mac Wilson and Daryl Henderson the last time uh, Nino was here with us. And uh, today uh, we have a really big show for you. Um, we're actually going to be covering not really uh, two guys in particular, but kind of a whole the encompassing uh, field of the national championship game and a lot of the prospects that are involved in the national title game. And just a kind of a general preview of the game to come and matchups that we're looking forward to. So, uh, everybody, this is Nino once again. <laughs> What's up, audience? Um, <laughs> but for real, uh, you know, say uh, uh, hi to all the listeners out there. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, I'm glad to be back on another show. Right, we're glad to have you back again, Nino. Um, this, this is a pretty big plate. Uh, right here, and I this was not something I wanted to take on by myself because uh, <laughs> there's a lot to to uh, cover here, and uh, I needed somebody that that could that could really tackle this stuff with me, and uh, I'm grateful to have a guest like Nino here to cover <laughs> this um, with me because there's a lot there's a lot to take in in this game. Um, really, generally, so this is now the fourth matchup in this now become really a, a rivalry almost of sorts in college football. Um, it, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. I mean, when you know, they're not even in the same conference, but it has basically become a rivalry on the biggest possible stage for now four years in a row, um, which is pretty, pretty impeccable. You know, this is something that is pretty un, like unseen in Pro sports, except maybe the NBA, <laughs> where <laughs> where you know that yeah you know Golden yeah. State and Cavs was like for the the matchup yeah. for that so long, but um yeah I mean that's really the only other recent example I could I could think of now and now you have Clemson and Auburn again for the time number four and it's kind of interesting to see how the matchup has has shifted and like changed in terms of personnel and draft personnel you know the last several years or so um yeah we've seen a lot of guys really make their names names for themselves in these games and um over the years uh, i mean deshaun watson being one of them um you know i mean there's so many guys i, I, I mean and just no, you know this is the money maker game right here right i mean because these are the one a one b right now in college football yeah. I mean, this is what happens when you've got the two best programs in college football, and I don't think anyone would argue the two best coaches in college football right now. Yeah. So, oh yeah, it's no wonder they they match up so often, and it's such a great rivalry that always, you know, usually produces good games. It's it's a true testament to Dabo Swinney and, and Nick Saban, um, just the the recruiting prowess. I mean, and you know, just in general, the coaching and to get these guys in the right positions to succeed. Um, just and to be this dominant for the in this such a you know period of time is pretty pretty incredible. Um, and just the, just the amount of talent that they've been able to to bring and 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 just groom for the NFL is pretty astounding. It's uh, oh, especially over the past four years or so, it's uh, mind-boggling to say the least. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. But it makes great viewing for uh people like us that love to, 
you know, evaluate these guys throughout the season and uh, see how they match up versus top competition. It makes it all the better. Right. And uh, really, I mean, there, there's a lot of different types of matchups here in this game that we're going to be kind of, we're going to be covering in, in different, on the different um, parts of the, uh, of the game, you know, in, in general, like we're going to be going over the line of scrimmage battle. We're going to be going over the skill position battles with the, the defensive backfield. We're, you know, it, there's there's going to be like a lot of different levels we, we're going to be covering here. So, I think the the big thing we want to definitely start off with, I think, is probably going to be the highlight of the game, uh, and it, it's been a highlight of college football this year. Is that that really is really the um, both the Clemson defensive line and the Alabama offensive line, and then you know even Alabama's uh, defensive line against Clemson's offensive line, and how how it's this is going to shake out and the a bunch of the players that are really draft eligible in in this battle because uh there there's a lot and especially on Clemson's defensive line where we basically have four guys that are going to be day 1 day 2 picks and and that's not like an understatement <laughs> and of one that is probably going to be a day three probably could be a day three pick day two pick depending you know how he does in this national title game because uh, one big nugget of news before we get into that dexter lawrence uh the defensive tackle of clemson has been suspended for the he was suspended the last uh playoff game against um notre dame and now he has and he's still suspended for the national title game so this is interesting now, Nino, as we now have Albert Huggins stepping into the place of Dexter Lawrence. So I know I just want to ask you, what do we gain, what do we lose with the loss of Dexter Lawrence and the addition of Huggins in full time? Well, with Lawrence, you'll, you're losing a little bit of everything, in my opinion. Um, he's obviously a great run stopper up the middle. He's able to you know get a lot of penetration into the backfield he's able to wreak a lot wreak a lot of havoc um, when teams try to run in his area uh, you know he's almost impossible to block with a single guard in terms of trying to run up the middle and I think he offers more value you know more value than people think as a pass rusher he's able to get up into the pocket you know not allow quarterbacks to step up into the pocket He's able to make life a lot easier for guys like uh, Xavier Thomas, who's a true freshman, and, of course, Cleveland Furl and Austin Bryant on the edges as well. So I think with losing Lawrence, obviously that's going to be a pretty big loss. But Albert Huggins is, you know, he's been that third defensive tackle as a rotational piece for the past couple years. So he's an experienced guy. He's, a str- you know, he's strong against at the point of attack. And he had, uh, you know, from what I saw, he had a good game against Notre Dame last week. So I think, you know, you're talking about an experienced guy who has some good strength. I think he he can be up to the task against uh, Alabama and that fearsome running game, especially. See what I I see um, when I watch Dexter Lawrence. Um, I see a guy that. That he just takes so much room up with his size, um, he makes it easier for the guys around him um, because of how big he is. 
And, and, the, and like you said, the scary thing with Dexter Lawrence is that he's actually able to be quick with that size, which which is quite frightening. I mean, people are projecting him that he would run probably um, – that there, he runs probably a five-second 40, which is absolutely ridiculous for yeah. a 6'4", 350-pound man. It just doesn't make yeah. any sense to me at all. Um yeah. It, that's that's yeah, it's, ridiculous. It's, it's just it's just it's just baffling to me. Um, he, I think Dexter Lawrence. Yeah, he can pass rush, sure. But this the money this guy is going to be making is as a run stuffing machine. Um, you put him, you stack him in the middle on the NFL level, and he's just going to take up double teams all day. If you run run a halfback dive up the middle, forget about it. I mean, it's he's just going to swallow you whole. Um, you know, similar to like a guy like yeah. da- like a Damon Harrison, you know, and just just well, just the guy you up. the guy that the guy that comes to mind for me in terms of, and I'm not huge into you know pro comparisons yeah, with prospects, but, either, but at this at the same time, you know the the name that comes to mind for me is uh, like a Brandon Williams with some pass rushing upside. Mm. Yeah. And that's Brandon Williams is all great defensive tackle, but you know, add on to that the fact that Lawrence is probably quicker. Right. Man. Yeah. Man. Man. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot to like. That's good. There's a lot to like with Dexter Lawrence. I mean, it and like he his strength is is just ridiculous as well. He manhandles guys off the line of scrimmage. He gets up into guys' pads and just dominates them, and just he just takes them off their feet almost at times, and uh, they, it's just hard. It's hard to even he just blows up plays doing that, and and makes more room for his other guys to make plays like Farrell yeah. and like Wilkins, and it just opens it up for everybody. And sometimes doesn't maybe doesn't get like the all the accolades. You know, and all the the flashiness stuff that that those guys no. get, but he no, does not get the crazy stats, but. Yeah, he does you what he's supposed to do. Him. Yep, he does what he's supposed to do. Um, so yeah, but Albert Huggins to me is interesting. Um, I when I was watching some of the clips of him against Notre Dame, um, I really like his pass rushing upside. I think he's definitely a better pass rushing defensive tackle. Um, obviously, he's smaller, so he can he has he obviously has. Of an ability yeah. to to do that a lot more. Yeah, there's you're getting just a lot less body to carry. Right, you're getting a, a total. You're honestly just getting a totally different player than than Dexter Lawrence. Totally different type of player. Um, yeah, and he's actually, despite playing less than Dexter Lawrence, he has two and a half sacks to Dexter Lawrence's one and a half sacks, which. It shows you that that's really where a lot of his bread and butter is. Is he's good at getting, um, getting to the passer uh, on the interior, which which is uh, you know that's definitely what you're going to get with him. But um, he's definitely not the run stuffer at all, like Dexter Lawrence is. And um, he had his he had his uh, issues in the Notre Dame game on the in the run. I I thought watching it and I think that's going to be a could be a little bit of a problem especially against that three-headed monster that Alabama has in their backfield 
Yeah, that that Bama backfield is going to be a test for both, you know, the interior guys, Huggins and Wilkins, and also at the at the second level against uh, Simmons, Joseph, and Lamar. Yeah, as, as as oh, a, yeah. The linebackers for Clemson. I, I actually like Kendall Joseph a lot. Here's a guy I actually wasn't even really paying attention to him, like in gar- regards of when I was like looking at videos of who I was scouting. I'm more looking at the Clemson defensive lineman, and I just kept seeing number 34 come up and make plays, and I'm just like, whoa, like, like who is this guy? <laughs> and and I, I come to find out it's Kendall Joseph, and man, Kendall, I really like what I saw from Kendall Joseph. Um. I you know he's he's not coming out this year, correct? I I, I he believe. is a senior it, this year. Oh, he is a senior. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. Oh, yeah, he is see. a senior this year. I, wow. I think he's gonna be at the East West Shrine game, but don't you know, don't quote me to that. Don't hold me to that. But I think that's where he's going. Yeah, I've I've actually liked Joseph the past couple of years. I think he fits uh, in terms of projecting to the NFL a lot better. You know, better than uh, Trey Lamar does. I yes. think Joseph, he's more athletic. He has better sideline to sideline speed. I think he's just better in coverage. He's more fluid athlete. Um, I definitely think Joseph could stand to make more of an impact in the run game, as, you know, as far as being a complete linebacker. But um, I feel like I like Joseph's athleticism and what. He can offer, you know, projecting his skill set to the next level. Yeah. Oh, but also another interesting wrinkle um, to this this uh, battle on the line of scrimmage is Deontay Brown is actually suspended for this for this game as well. Again, he he was another he was suspended for the last game against Oklahoma, and and is now going to be suspended for the national title game. So now Lester Cotton is going to step in there at. Um, <laughs> Inside at guard for yeah, Alabama. Rather, he's going to step back in. At yeah, left guard. back in. Season at left guard, and then Brown supplanted him, and now Cotton's got. I believe Cotton is a senior as well, so this is this is his last chance to really make an impression. Right, uh, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. So now you kind of both on both sides. You know, you had a guy that got suspended in. And they're both going up to like against each other. The backups are going yeah. against each other, mm-hmm. essentially, which yeah. is which oh. is really interesting. <laughs> only on this team would be only on these two teams would they be backups, though. Yeah, oh, right, <laughs> exactly. Like this is it's the only situation where they would both be like starters anywhere else, most likely. Yeah. And that's the that's the ridiculous thing, and just shows you how much talent both of these teams have. It, it, and yep. it's just kind of insane. Yeah, he's he, Cotton was the number four offensive guard prospect in the 2015 class. I just want to point that out. Like, he's not mm-hmm. some scrub. <laughs> yeah, no. This is this is the kind of depth we're dealing with here in yeah. this game. It, 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 it's just ridiculous. It's it's insane. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, like I like you said, in that second level, like, I do really like Kendall Joseph. And, and Trey Lamar is I, I well, not as crazy about Trey Lamar, but I think he, you know, they're – Together, they're a pretty solid tandem, but yeah, I don't know. They're gonna have to make those plays, like you said, on those that three-headed monster for for Bama is, is something else. Um, but let's let's talk about the other uh, parts of the uh, Clemson defensive line. So you move back inside the next to Albert Huggins, you're gonna have Christian Wilkins, who I is personally my favorite uh, part of this Clemson defensive line has been for quite a while now. 
Yeah, I I like Wilkins a lot. He's probably one. Of, he's I mean I like most of this Clemson defensive line, but he's always been a guy I've liked as well. And uh, he's been I feel like he's been underrated this year. I think he makes a better Im- bigger impact than people think. So I you know this is another chance where you know if he has a really good game and makes a big impact on the way to a Clemson win, it's going to help his stock a lot. Oh, absolutely. I, I personally just, there's some things he does that I, I really, really like, and I think are going to transfer to the NFL very well. I really, I, I think he uses his hands extremely, extremely well. He, uh, yeah, I agree. He, he's able to create a lot of space um, for himself, and he sheds blocks. He's not a guy that gets stuck on blocks very much. He's, he's often, he's able to shed shed his blocker using his hands using his feet very very good at using his feet as well in in um, combination with his hands and he's able to use that sidestep and rip move and uh, get to the get to the quarterback or get to the ball carrier very uh, very effectively yeah absolutely uh, as you said good technician uh, he's a pretty good athlete. Um, I he, I think he just does everything well. He's got um, yeah, ten sacks over the past two years. So. Ju- just to give a a little bit more of an insight on how good of an athlete this guy is, they've used him on offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. They they have used him on offense, and like he's looked good doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, he's yeah he he doesn't look you know really out of place when they throw him on the goal line or in short yardage situation. Uh, I've seen him catch some some balls. I've seen him run running in for the touchdown. It's pretty remarkable, and it just shows you the amount of versatility that and just athletic ability that that Christian Wilkins really has. And he, I think you could work with that in the NFL, and just that that's there's a something you can mold there. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think he's a guy that can come in and honestly be. You know, a pretty impactful player right away. You know, whether it's, you know, you're a team that likes to use heavy rotation on, on your interior defensive line, or you, I think, oh, he's able to wear a lot of hats. Oh yeah, and also another thing with that, yeah, exactly, wearing a lot of hats, he actually can play all over the line if need be. Uh, they've actually had him rush from the edge a few times in, in Clemson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't think he'll be doing a ton of that at the NFL level. I think it's more of like in a situational, more of a situational thing here and there. But they won't they won't do it a lot. But he can do it if you need him to, because he, like I said, he has the athletic ability to do that. Yeah, yeah, he does. I I agree. He also another thing I really a small thing, but a thing I really like about Wilkins is that he play that is that he's a four down player. He plays on special teams too. Oh on, uh, yeah, both sides of the punt team. That's great, you know, and that that that's just another thing. You know, you have to as a rookie, you have to be able to contribute to special teams. You know, in, in the NFL, you even no matter what, you know, where you're picked, you know, you have to be expected to be able to be reliable on special teams and not be a liability out there. And I think that's really important that he's already doing that. So, and he's doing it as a senior too, right? He's, I think he's a you know, a senior captain, and he's still going out there on special teams every night. Yeah, he, he just does whatever's asked of him, and I, I, I think just there's just that's just more to like about him. 
And another thing I like that he does a lot is he's constantly getting his his hands up in passing lanes. Uh, he, yeah. He's always looking to do that. If he doesn't get to the quarterback, he's getting up and trying to get his hands up. And don't listen to Booger yeah. McFarland who who no. thinks who thinks that <laughs> trying to trying to swap passes doesn't win you championships. Um, which is one of the stupidest things I think I've ever heard on a on a national television broadcast. Yeah, that was I don't know what he was I don't know what he was thinking on that one, but yeah, well, let's tell JJ a, Watt how to play the position, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, I, I think JJ knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, JJ Watt. I don't, I don't know, man. I think you should listen to Booger McFarlane. <laughs> like, yeah, give please. me a break. Ridic- no. Ridiculous. It, yeah, it is ridiculous. But yeah, I, I just think Wilkins does a really good job of that as well. You know, he just does a little bit of everything. He's kind of he's a very, very active player. He's always involved. He isn't. You don't see him really get lazy or really get taken out of plays like some guys do. I, th- I just see him all over the place doing a little bit of everything. I, I just I really, really, really like Wilkins. Maybe the only knock against him is that he doesn't have the longest arms or body, but um, I, I don't know. I just think he with his effort, he makes up for it. Yeah, for sure. There's <laughs> he, does, he does a lot of things right. He does a lot of things right, but... I think, you know, when we talk about the Clemson front four versus the Alabama offensive line, we got to get to the main course. And the main course on Monday night is going to be Cleveland Furl versus Jonah Williams. Oh, man. Uh, th- th- now, this is going to be some- something else of a matchup here. Uh, Cleveland Farrell is is a quite a, a, a beast uh, of, a, of a man. He's 6'5", 265, and... He he is a physically imposing dude for the edge, and uh, <laughs> what do you like that you see with Cleveland Farrell? And I'm curious because I have my own things I see, but I, I'm curious what you think. I think for me, one already pointed it out. It's the frame. He's a big dude, and I think, and you know, you put him on the edge. He's strong enough to hold up, you know, in the run game, and that you know that big frame helps him. He's also, you know, this is something that's probably the most important part of the matchup against, especially Jonah Williams. Cleveland Farrell has very long arms. Yes. And that's going to be a huge thing to watch on Monday night against Jonah Williams, whose biggest knock is Jonah's arm length. So let's, we'll be able to see if Farrell can use his long arms to win a lot of win a lot of reps. And I think the the other thing that I like about Cleveland a ton is that he's a great technician. He's really good with his hands. He knows how to beat pass sets, and he's able to make his way into the backfield and just clean up production-wise. <laughs> you pretty much got the same things down as I do. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. Um, his arm and hand usage is, is fantastic. He has a great rip move. Um I, that's actually, I think, his main way of getting to the quarterback. He, he's that is his bread and butter. Is he is arms and hands just get out of my way. Um, he throws throws offensive tackles to the side. He's uh, he pushes. He gives them that punch. You know, he's just he gives them that. He just throws them off their off their base and is able to get them off kilter and get to the quarterback. He has a 
I think another thing that you actually might not have mentioned, but another thing he does extremely well is he times the snap count very, very well. He is so quick off the, the snap, it, it's it's almost hard to catch up with him as an offensive lineman sometimes because he's just already there. Um, he doesn't have, like, he's not, I wouldn't say he's, like, the fastest guy in the world. There's, there's faster edge guys than him, but he is so good at timing it that sometimes it doesn't even matter. Because he's out, he's already off right when the ball is snapped, and that, that offensive tackle is not beating him at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does a. That's something that I've noticed, you know, the past couple years watching his 2018 games, and uh, a lot of his, you know, going back to his 2017 tape too, is that, you know, often he would a lot, you know, many of his really good jumps off the snap were because he timed it up so well, and that's something that. You know, sometimes I saw got him into a bit of trouble with a couple offsides. But... Oh yeah, oh no. See, and that's the thing too. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, to me, I like. You know, you'll take the offsides sometimes. You know, with with guys like that. Hell, you know, it happens to JJ Watt. Like, you know, like we were talking about JJ Watt. JJ <laughs> Watt gets offsides sometimes because he's mm-hmm. trying to make plays. And you know, you'll take those five yards sometimes for a guy that's really looking to, to time that snap count up and really make plays. I, I I know for me that, that I like that, but um, yeah. Also, I think with Farrell too, I think he's a per, like you said, he's a pretty good run defender. I, I think he sets the edge really well for for his position. Yeah, I think also he's got you know not only is he able to set the edge, but when you know runs are bounced outside and you know he's chasing after t- tosses and you know running backs are trying to stretch. You know, around him, he does a really good job of chasing down running backs and uh, making plays for minimal gains at the line of scrimmage. Right. Yeah. No, I I agree. I I actually was pretty pretty impressed with that. But I think I do have a couple knocks on Farrell that I think like I don't know if maybe they're they're not as like they're not really as bad concerns as I'm making it out to be, but. For me, I, I don't know. I don't see he doesn't really have that that flexibility in his hips that some some of the really good pass rushers have. He he's not naturally like bend flexible, really bendy. He doesn't really bend around guys very well, mm-hmm. right? I'm like I'm not crazy, right? Because that's what I see when I when I watch him. I think he tries to win more with his arms and his hands, and he yeah. just, he's not really able to get dip his shoulder and get around uh, an offensive tackle. No, I, I agree. He he has, you know, he's not the most flexible uh, edge prospect in this year's class, you know, especially compared to guys like Brian Burns, uh, Ja'Kai Polite, and uh, Josh Allen. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> those are, yeah, those guys are really flexible guys. Um, I It's sort of the same thing that I saw with, like, a Marcus Davenport last year where these guys have such huge frames that, it limits their flexibility. Mm. Right, right. That's that's what I kind of was when I was watching Jalen Ferguson this year. That's kind of the similar sort of thing I saw with him when I when I was watching his film. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like Ferguson had this kind of the same sort of problem where he he's like he's 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 a big frame guy, and he but he's not really able to get around the edge as much uh, with his with bending around the offensive lineman. Yeah, I think 
you know, you talked about Jalen Ferguson. I think O'Shane Zimenez from Old Dominion is another good example oh, of yeah. guys that aren't the most flexible or bendy uh, edge prospects. And because of that, they need, you know, it forces them to, you know, win with their hands more than some of these other guys that are more bendy than them. Right. And I think sometimes, too, Farrell, I think he could finish plays better. I think sometimes he 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 doesn't quite uh, get that sack, or he doesn't quite get the the tackle that you know he's he doesn't really finish as well as you'd like him to at times. Yeah, and I think I think that partly has to do with again you know we talked about flexibility, being able to you know finish cornering around Ang- angle your body. To yeah, exactly. Make the the, you know, the right angle on the tackle and yeah, the sack really, right. Yeah, really roll those hips to the quarterback and finish the play instead of, you know, having you kind of flying by the quarterback and him being able to step up. Yeah. Now, do you think these are legitimate, like, like concerns for him at the next level? Do you think this really could limit him uh, in terms of his potential, or do you think it's something that he can work through and uh, and make a difference? I mean, I think... You know, we're seeing it already in college that he's working through it. I think obviously, you know, athletic, you know, athletic limitations like that are, you know, always, you know, teams are going to have an eye on that when evaluating him. But I think he's already trying to work through that. And I think that's uh, part of why he's such a refined technician at this stage of his career is because he can't just win by flying up field and trying to corner. He's got to find different ways to win. And I think, you know, over the past few couple of years with Cleveland, you've seen that. Right. Uh, that That's a good point. Uh, but yeah, I see like, here's the thing I like. Um, so I was talking about, I was talking to you a little bit before, um, like yesterday, uh, or was it the day before? Um, about his uh, counterpart on the other side of the line, Austin Bryant, um, and I, I just—it's interesting to me because for me, I think it's like they're two—they're so opposite in terms of you know, Farrell is like the technician, and he has like with his arms and and how he's able to get to use his arms and and everything. Where I think Austin Bryant has that natural flexibility. He has that the things, those things you kind of, the physical things you, ch- you want to check off of when you're looking for an uh, NFL edge prospect. And I think at the end of the day, I think Bryant, for me, has more of a higher ceiling than a Cleveland Farrell does because of those traits he has. I think there's certainly an argument to be made there. Um, personally, I'm not a fan of Bryant. I think especially compared to some of the other edge talents in this class. He's pro, you know, I think, I think Vim is more of a day early day three pick than uh, maybe others do. I just haven't seen the development from Bryant. Who's now in his senior year. I just haven't seen a lot of development development. That makes me think, okay, I can project where he's at now and project a ton of improvement moving forward compared to a guy like, Josh Allen from Kentucky, uh, where he didn't have the best 2017. And again, he was another edge guy that I thought was a, you know, early day three pick. He came back, improved a ton, 
over the course of you know over the summer, over the spring summer, and uh, it really showed you know his final year at Kentucky where okay, I feel comfortable taking a guy like Allen who might not who isn't there all there technically yet, but because I've seen him make such great strides over this past year, I feel comfortable projecting that out moving forward. I'm just not really there with Bryant. That's that's fair. I I mean I th- I really I just feel um Bryant does have measurables that can be can be worked with and can be coached. Um I know I, you would have liked to seen a little more of a development on on the technical side of things with him cause, but man he he does have night those big long arms and he he can really get around offensive linemen. Uh he he can really bend his hips very well and and really dip that shoulder and get around, and he's really quick off the snap as well. I, I think he's a little better athlete than Farrell is, and uh, I don't know. I, I just do like it. But yeah, obviously, you know, he isn't like the stopper that run stopper that Farrell is as well. You no. know, so he he's now he's definitely a little deficient in that area. I think right now, I think you could work with him as a situational pass rusher in the NFL. And I, th- I think he could really affect uh, on, cer- on certain passing downs. He could be a really good guy to throw in there on blitz packages. Yeah, I think you know if you're a coaching staff and a scouting department that believes, okay, we he's got the physical tools, he's got a great frame where you know he can have certain athletic advantages while also being able to carry on a lot of weight. You know, you're thinking of you know really taking a chance on this guy. I think you could. There's definitely a lot that you can work with there. Where in year two and and or year three, you're really reaping the benefits of that development. It's certainly possible. Right, Uh, and I don't know. I guess for me, I guess I do like guys that have upside like that. You know, and I mean, I I, as much as I like guys that you know can come in there right away and and perform i you know it's nice to have a guy like that you could work with and potentially have something really special there and i, I don't know i for whatever reason i see that with bryant maybe i'm you know i might i could be dead wrong and he could never develop and then you know he doesn't end up he washes out you know because some guys are like that they have all the potential in the world they don't and they can't get it coached out of them so you know sometimes that's how it works but i don't know just this my opinion i just think well, that austin bryant could be one of those guys well i, I mean the nfl is an athlete's league Right. And, you know, when you're Austin Bryant has the athleticism and physical tools to be a, a fact, you know, a real contributor contributor and factor in the NFL. So, you know, I I totally get where, you know, you're coming from, where you see a lot of the upside in Bryant. Right. So like, uh, let me like let me give you an example of kind of like on the other side of, of, of the things uh, like for so for Bama last year. So. People had a lot of knocks on Deron Payne when he got drafted. A lot of people were saying, "What? Well, what was the production? There was no production for him last at, at this mm-hmm. last year at Alabama. There really wasn't anything there." But you have to, you know. But people they were scouting his traits, and people scouted yeah. Deron Payne's traits, and they saw, "Oh, wait, you know, this guy can do yeah. do some things in the NFL because there there's potential there," and it worked out very very well for Washington mm-hmm. when yeah. when they grabbed him. And yeah, I thought I thought it's kind of like maybe it's a little different with with Austin Bryant. You know, I don't think he's quite as refined of a player as as Deron Payne. Don't get me wrong, but 
No, I just I just think that's just kind of an example of like you know sometimes you don't see the production doesn't pop off the page for you in that last year, but but yeah, I know they're also two different players and two kind of two different positions well, on the interior and the edge, but I do, I do like that you brought up Payne though because what was the thing what was the thing that really brought Payne up in evaluators' eyes? It was how he finished the year. Right, he had an amazing you know, stretch of games in the playoffs last year. And that really, you know, shot his stock up where he could be, you know, viewed as a top 20 pick. And if Bryant wants to get into that, you know, I'm not going to say round one because I don't think he'll, you know, I don't expect him to be taken round one. But if he wants to get himself into that, you know, maybe a round two conversation or top 75 conversation, a great game against Bama is going to do him a lot of wonders. Oh yeah, I 100% agree. So yeah, you know we'll see. I think it's going to be that's going to be really interesting. Just I think on the defensive line there for Bama, I mean not for Clemson to see how he he does how Huggins steps in there and if you know maybe he tries to increase his stock and I don't know. I'm very very interested to see that. But let's talk about on the other side of the line, the, Alabama's offensive line, and Jonah Williams. I know you're rare, rearing to talk about him, <laughs> uh, and I like him a lot too. Um, so, what do you feel about Jonah Williams that makes him so so special of a prospect in the top five possible pick? Um, I love him. I think you know he's a good athlete. He's probably, I mean, he, you know, I feel he is definitely the best, you know, technical. Uh, offensive tackle in this draft class in terms of his hand placement, how much depth he gets in his uh, in his pass sets. He's he's already getting the nickname the technician. So <laughs> I mean that kind of explains it for you with Jonah exactly. Williams. Uh, and, you, and you combine that with you know good quickness. He fires out of his stance well. Uh, he's flexible in his hips. Uh, he's does a good job of you know, getting his knees bent. He's not, you know, right. a waist bender or anything like that. Yeah, he I, just he keeps a strong wide base. Uh, yeah, when he when he keeps he, his feet wide, locks. he keeps his feet moving. Yeah, it's great footwork. Oh yeah, his footwork's incre- incredible. When you watch it, he's he is always he's keeping his feet moving. He he doesn't get like um displaced off the ground. He's just very very uh, nimble on his feet for his size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really the only knock on him as we, you know, as we touched on oh. earlier is his arm length. That's really if if he had, you know, 34 or 35 inch arms, he'd be a top 2 selection. Yeah, oh, in his class. No doubt. Easily. No doubt. I, I and I I think the arm length thing it, it's like yeah, maybe on here and here and here and there on maybe on like run plays and stuff it might it might affect him a little bit. Um but I to, personally, I I just when you look at him in the pass protection situations, it doesn't affect him. He's able like he's no. able to use everything else to make up for that little bit of a shortcoming. Yeah, he he's and like I what I love too is he mirrors his man so well. Yeah, he, he does. He mirrors defensive linemen like perfectly. It's like he just sees what they're gonna do before they're gonna do it, and uh, he's just he's just a guy that you could tell is a student of the game, and he's like just watches a lot of film. And he knows what his he knows what his man is gonna do, and he has some really good pass rush counters, and it just it just impresses me when I see him on film. He doesn't, you know, s- jump off the page like he's not like Quentin Nelson where he's just mauling guys <laughs> at, no, at the line no. of scrimmage, just <laughs> like literally just flattening guys. But man, yeah, he just no. but he just gets it done. He just 
he just kind of just does his job and he just does it incredibly well. And, you know, he isn't a guy that you're like, oh, oh man, that Jonah Williams, you know, he's, he, he blew that assignment. You just don't hear about him. No, <laughs> never happens. A good offensive lineman, you don't, you don't hear about him. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, no, you know, exactly. That's, that's that that uh, old adage that you know the less the less uh, old linemen are talked about, the better they're <laughs> usually doing. Yeah, and right. With Jonah Williams, it's absolutely true. He just he does everything well. And, uh, second and level, he, second level blocking too. Uh, he's yeah. a, a, even. I, I've seen him like he's he's very good at, at going on that second level during a run play. He's go, you know off going off his one block and getting up to the next block. Yeah. And he's very good at doing that as well. So he's just he can do a little bit of everything. Yeah, he does a really good job with his eyes of uh, finding, you know, finding linebackers and box safeties at the next level and getting hands on him and you know, creating alleys for that three-headed monster Alabama running back core. So yeah, so him and Farrell, it's going to be interesting how they go because like you have one guy with with big arms and then you have a guy with smaller arms. Do you think Farrell could possibly? Uh, find ways around Jonah Williams, or do you think it's going to be kind of a wash? Like, do you think they're going to kind of cancel each other out a bit? Well, last year, Jonah, for the, most of the game, Jonah did a good job on Cleveland and, you know, limiting his impact, uh, especially as a pass rusher. So it'll be interesting to, you know, look at those two games side by side and to see if, you know, what Cleveland's learned in terms of how to approach that matchup from last year to this year. Uh, so, but I think, you know, I think Cleveland, he's, he's a very talented player and he does have the frame to really give Jonah trouble. So I think if there's, if there's any pass rusher in college football who can give Jonah some fits and, you know, maybe Jonah doesn't win every single rep, yeah. <laughs> it's probably Cleveland Farrell. Right. Right. Sometimes it's, it's not a player is, is bad. It's just that the other guy is just just was better on that play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes, you know, with a guy like Farrell, you could probably, it's going to happen here and there. You know, you're going to get beat sometimes. It's, you know, it's, it's just part of the game. So I, I agree. No, I think, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be one of those, they're going to win. One's going to win some, the other's going to lose some, the other's going to lose some, the one other one's going to win some here and there. It's going to be, it's going to be a fight in that, in those trenches, even and like, I, I mean, we haven't brought him up yet, but uh, Ross Pierce the uh, guard for Bama too, you know, he's a guy that's, kind of on the radar maybe day two uh, of a pick, you know? And, you know, how is he going to do against the interior um, in the interior part of the Clemson line? You know, that's that's going to be an interesting matchup as well. Yeah, he's going to be going up against uh, – he's going to be seeing a lot of Christian Wilkins and uh, Albert Huggins. So he's gone up a lot of, against a, a lot of talented defensive tackles – uh, in the SEC, and the job doesn't get any easier no. on Monday night. No. So he's he's you know in a in a weaker interior offensive line class. Um, I can see him because of the Alabama pedigree and because he started uh, at a lot of spots on the interior offensive line. I think he started at guard last year. Maybe I know he's played at least one of the guard spots, if not both of them. He also the starting center. All of this year, so I think because of that experience, uh, you know, playing against Alabama and uh, against top competition week in and week out, he's definitely a guy that I could see, you know, being taken earlier than 
maybe some expect them to. Wow. So you, are you thinking like like an early day two sort of uh, pick, possibly? Because um, I mean, I, I mean, I could I could see it. I mean, keep like the top. I don't know top top of like if he went into the middle of round three or or even you know the top of round. You know, as more, you know, information surface about him, and you know, we see, you know, where teams are leaning in tor- in terms of, you know, uh, you know, and all that. Um, I, I could see. I, I just don't think. I don't see him getting much buzz at all. Hmm. That's why I'm saying, you know, if he's going, you know, round three, like middle of round three, I could see it. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think, I mean, I think he's, uh, I haven't seen a whole, like, a lot of specific film on him, but I, I, he, they always seem really reliable in the middle of Bama, and I, I think I, I can see him definitely getting, um, drafted in that, in that range, like, probably, and even, maybe even late day two, possibly, if somebody really, really needs a, like, a, a guard, um, uh, I, I don't know, I, I like him, I like him as a player from what I've seen. You know, versatility as, you know, a guard slash center. Teams are always going to need that. So, right. you know, you're thinking, as you said, you know, round three in that, you know, later day two, it wouldn't surprise me. Right. Um, but uh, the next thing I want to talk about is the is the uh, running back matchup uh, of Bama's running backs against uh, the, the uh, Clemson front. So let's talk about these three running backs from Alabama a little bit, uh, especially the two that are are going into the draft, um, are draft eligible. Well, one that is going into the draft and one that could. I could think, oh, I haven't seen anything that oh, Jacobs yeah. is going to. Oh yeah, yeah, right, all right. Yeah. Um, he is only a. Let's see. Yeah, he's only a junior. So. Okay. Right. Yeah, I, I knew like he was. He wasn't. He, a, 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 I thought he might have declared already, but I guess he didn't. I don't um, think I, I haven't I haven't seen anything that he's declared yet. So. Okay, um, but we're still going to talk about him anyway because he's draft eligible. Yeah. We'll, but he's, so he's definitely yeah. going to be one of the highlights. He, he's been getting a ton of buzz. So oh. There's definitely a chance he could declare. Yeah, but let, first let's talk about Damian Harris though. The uh, kind of the, the the bell cow, I guess you could say, of the Bama uh, three headed monster. Um, so Damian Harris, he's like 5'10", 216. Him and Josh Jacobs are actually around the same size. Um, they're they're pretty they're pretty much like right around that that uh, same same measurables wise. But um, two very different backs. Um, so with Damian Harris, Harris, like I find um, he's a very much of a power runner when he when he picks a hole. He goes there and like with authority. He's not a dancer. He doesn't dance around a lot. He's like a more, more of a one cut sort of one cut makes his one cut and then goes. Um, yeah. And, and just tries to outrun you know outrun guys from there. Um, I think he's not the most agile guy in the world. He I don't think he's gonna make many guys miss on the next level at all. Uh, he's more like I said. He kind of picks where he's going and he's going there. If a guy tackles him, he's gonna tackle him. He's not going to yeah. do a whole lot of else. He's not going to really get, I don't think, a lot of extra yards um, breaking tackles. And I don't think he's going to really scare you as a receiver too much. He can do it, but 
I'm more of like a screen, you know, easy screen plays that are like kind of layups to him. Nothing like really crazy lining up or anything. He's more of a kind of a screen screen guy, and that's it. And with the terms of receiving, I don't know. What do you think about Harris? I, um, I think I think he's a pretty uh, runner, and you know, running back in general. Um, he's as you said, as a pass catcher, he's. I I didn't, you know, when I watched him, I haven't really seen him make you know have any concentration concentration drops or anything like wow you as a receiver where you can you know, split them out wide and split them in the slot or anything like that have them run routes um, but you know if you need a check down or you you know need a screen on second and long um, yeah I you know I he there's not you know as a runner he doesn't have a ton of um, as he said he's a pretty decisive one hole and go um I think he's got, you know, I like his vision. I don't think I don't think he's, you know, when I watched him, I haven't seen him miss any holes or anything like that. I think, you know, he's able to, you know, make pretty good reading his offensive line. The most athlete, like he doesn't have great top speed, but he can get to the second and third level and uh, do some damage. So overall, I think he's. I think he's a solid running back, and, and, and oh, you know, decent, solid running backs can be very productive. So, oh yeah, as we as we've seen, uh, you know, over over the last few years or so, you know, a lot of guys have been able to step in um, into uh, for teams that and just really, you know, just be consistent forces. You know, we just saw Marlon Mack yesterday get what 148 yards um, in that game against Houston. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, you know, so like a lot of you know, a lot of guys can step in there. Um, I just for me, Harris, he's kind of like a, um, he's a boring running back to me. <laughs> I, 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 maybe that's mean, but he's boring. He's a very boring runner. Uh, I, I am not like he doesn't excite me. He's kind of like he, he gets you those yards. I, I feel like he's gonna be one of those guys. Like he just kind of, you know, he does the job. You put him in there, like goal line situations, um, kind of get some tough yards. But he's not a guy. I I go, wow, that's a franchise back right there. I just don't. I don't. I don't really see it with him. No, but in today's NFL, you don't exactly need a franchise back. Right, back. Right. Right. Um, right. Right. So you know that doesn't. Obviously, you have your amazing talents like a Saquon Barkley. You know, you don't. You know, Marlon Mack and James Conner. Yeah. You know, the list goes on and on and on of mid-round running backs who offer good value and can produce. I, he, I, you know, Harris isn't the. He's not a flashy runner personally. I, I think he's a dependable guy. So I, I need someone to really, uh, you know, polish off and you know solidify. A good running back room. I think he's. I think he's a good choice. Yeah, I I agree in that. I I really do. Like I think. I mean, I think he would be like a good addition to a to a committee. Uh, but Josh Jacobs, on the other hand, oh, I want to talk about a guy I like. <laughs> now this this is a guy I like. I uh, I cannot sing the praises of this guy enough. Um, I've been seeing the hype for a few weeks now. 
And then I tuned then I tuned into the game uh, last week, and oh my goodness, um, wow! Uh, when this kid gets an opportunity, he makes the most of it, and he is I don't know, he's a special talent to me. Um, I, you know, what I lo- I loved what I saw of you know David Montgomery, you know, earlier when when I covered him on the show. I, lo- I really liked what I saw of the explosiveness of Daryl Henderson. But man, it's like Josh Jacobs kind of. I feel like he rolls everything into one and just into this amazing package of of NFL talent, and it's it's pretty amazing how this guy only got a few carries a game this year. <laughs> um, to me, it's it's almost baffling how low his carry count was this year. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's unbelievable. The, um, to me, uh, the kid loves contact. Um. He initiates it. He pushes bodies. He shrugs off big hits. He's such a hard runner. It's like every play he wants to just bowl a guy over. Um, and but the thing is, he also has the lateral movement to like make guys miss as well. He's not just like a power guy. He also has that side to side lateral movement where he's just making guys miss. Um. And and combines that with his aggressive running style into into this scary package of of a guy that's very very hard to stop. Um, another thing, he's a very reliable pass catching back. They even line him up in receiver sets sometimes. I just I love the I love that um, versatility that he brings. That's a thing you see in the NFL all the time, and. Yeah, the fact that he can line up as a receiver and run routes, that's that's just even more the, the cherry on top of the Sunday there. And he has really good vision. I, I find he's able to find room in some tight spaces and gaps, and he he doesn't really dance around uh like like Harris. They they both aren't they don't really do that, you know, but Jacobs can just do a little more with that when he finds room. And he's just able to do a whole whole lot more, I think. And another thing, Jacobs can block too. He can lay the lumber on guys in the blocking game. I I, I love this kid. I I think he's a first round talent, man. I, I'm sorry, but uh, he for me the fact that he would get like seven car- six carries a game, it's stupid, stupid, <laughs> absolutely stupid. Yeah, I, I think you kind of. You know, you touched on all the points that uh, that I wanted to touch on. Ags, um, <laughs> um, athlete, uh, good receiver, good receiver from a multitude of spots. Uh, tough runner. Uh, you know, uh, probably the best third down pass to declare, and uh, the best part: two hundred forty carries over three years. Amazing. So he's fresh. He's fresh, exactly. That's what I love about him, and uh, it, it just it just amazing it to me. It just I just love the the physicality he brings. I love it. I love guys that aren't afraid to just run a guy over. <laughs> just, and I mean, I mean, you remember this play? The play that stands out to me is was last week against Oklahoma, where he just catches that ball and runs the Oklahoma defender over to yeah. go into the end zone. He just <laughs> doesn't. He could have. He could have sidestepped him. He could have no. sidestepped him, but he, That's not who he, is. he instead just absolutely yeah, he trucks could... him. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, just runs the guy over, and I just, I love it. This guy is, I think his star is rising, after, especially after that game. I think people are starting to say, see how good this guy really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and just for whatever game flow reason or whatever strategical reason, he didn't, you didn't see a lot of him during the year just because of all the other backs and ha- the both of the Harrises yeah. and... Um, I, I love him. I, I'm like, I think he might be my new running back one, to be honest with you. I know that's crazy, but I, I, I think he's my guy. I love him. I, I thought whoever team's getting him is getting a very, very talented back. Yeah. I think if he decides to come out, good chance of being RB. the bet. I mean, I, I, I really like what I've seen of Jacob so far. I've always really liked David Montgomery's. So for me, the battle is going to be really tight if uh, if Jacob, in terms of who RB1 is going to be. Um, but I think, I mean, Jacob's, he he's not comparing to running backs, you know, previously, you know, mainly Saquon Barkley. For, you know, he doesn't have the unbelievable of Barkley, but Jacob's is still at running back in terms of what he offers you as a runner, uh, as a blocker, and as a receiver. Oh, oh yeah, no, no doubt. It's like kind of he's just got that that whole package of, of a guy that's a three down back for a hundred percent in the NFL. So, but like, so like Najee Harris, I don't have a lot of notes on Najee Harris. Um, unfortunately, I, I didn't really go and seek out a lot of his film. I don't know how much you know about him. Like, what what do you think about Najee Harris, the the other Harris of the? Of the Bama uh, tr- back trio. Um, well, like you, I you know done a whole lot of uh, you know I've been you know made it a point to look at him just because he's going to be a twenty twenty guy in terms of when he's eligible. But he is a huge body and a huge running back, and he also he's got that home run speed, but I don't think he has like bad long, but I I think he looks good. I mean, all those running backs look good in that backfield, but he's another one of those guys that you know a tough physical runner. Right. Yeah. I, that's and I think this I think this could be a point of emphasis on the, this game is does this running back just the, the, all the the running backs they have and all that ammo they have back there is that going to wear down the Clemson defensive line? I mean, now especially down Dexter Lawrence, and now you have a little less depth there. You kind of need it against all those backs because they're they're going to be a little fresher than you are. I I don't even know. I'm not necessarily worried about Clemson, even with Lawrence out. Um, it's really for me about linebackers able to. Mm. You know, are they are they going to be able to consistent? you know, take those shots and deliver those shots, you know, going downfield against those sta- that uh, stable of running backs, you know, are, you know, how are guys like Joseph and Trey Labar, are they going to be able to, you know, cut off the edges against uh, those who are be able to consistently, you know, find holes and plug them up and not allow extra yards after contact? That's going to be a big challenge of uh, second-level Clemson defenders. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, like you said, I, I know that's probably a thing. I think that, and I think that's a thing that probably people aren't really 
looking at as much because because of all that Clemson defensive line hype, you know, and I think people kind of miss the whole second level of the Clemson defense um, in these talks in the, in, about this game. And just in general, the Clemson second level just doesn't get as talked about as much because of all that hype on the defensive line. And I think you're right. And I think that is a big part of the matchup because, you know, th- those guys can maybe do their job, but, you know, once they get maybe a little bit, a little tired over there, you know, on that on that line. You know, those guys in back have got to make plays. So I I do agree with that um, for sure. Um, I think you know, Trey Lamar and, and Kendall Joseph got their their work cut out for them. Yeah, they do. They they've certainly got to be able to rise up to the challenge if they want to, you know, force this Alabama defense. And longs to try and get off the field. Um. So another, just another th- matchup I really wanted to cover uh, with Clemson defensively and Alabama offensively is the um, matchup of Trayvon Mullen against Jerry Judy and and well and honestly, like you said <laughs> off off air, whoever else they're going to be throwing at him because <laughs> of the the crazy amount of receivers that Alabama has. But obviously, Jerry Judy is their number one, and he's the guy that's really going to be testing Mullen um, throughout the game. So let's talk about first what what Jerry Judy does so well. Um. Uh, so I mean, what doesn't he do? Well? <laughs> yeah, so that that's really what the thing is. I actually, when I put my scouting report of him in my phone, I, I, ha- I usually have a pros and I have a concerns section. There's nothing in the concerns section. That that, that and um and I'm just like, oh well, uh, that's cr- that's crazy because he's actually just a sophomore. I should have like more to write about him <laughs> negatively. I I feel like, but like there isn't. It's he's so good already. I mean, you already won the Blitnikoff Award. He's only a sophomore. Yeah. <laughs> that's I mean, that's ridiculous. That's just like, crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and you know, going up against all. And he's got you know three other guys, right? That's it's this it's you know wide receiver room that are probably they, they could be wide receiver ones almost anywhere else in the country, right? And that's how good Jerry so, Judy is. Yeah, and, and Judy's you know considered like all of, at least as a college player, which is just shows you just how good he is. Yeah, I um one the one th- uh, well, the first thing I wrote down was that his run after the catch ability is frighteningly great. Uh, he's so elusive in the open field and he moves so fluidly. He has a innate ability to stop on a dime and change direction. Um, and uh, I just I just it's crazy like to me like how how much he's able to make guys miss. In the open field, you know he's, you know, never gonna be able to get completely shut shut down for uh, for sixty minutes. He, you know, once he gets that ball in his hands, he's you know very creative. Another thing that I really like about him is that, you know, he his life a lot easier because Judy's so good at. You know, from cornerbacks and in pretty much any of coverage, you know, whether it's off man zone or, you know, press coverage or whatever, he's able to gain separate. Oh, you're, oh yeah. Oh, no, he's, his route running is, is 
very, very um, refined for his, his level already. I mean, you see some ser- senior wide receivers who don't know how to run routes like he does. You know, and that and that's like that's a testament to him because that's been a lot of the, the problem with some of these guys coming out uh, of college. Yeah. Is it's just that their route running just isn't what it should be. They have all the everything else, but they just don't know how to get that that natural that separation off the line and uh, run their routes correctly. And he he already knows how to do that. And once he does get uh, that jump off the line of scrimmage, he his long speed is so is so ridiculous that he just sometimes outruns corners. Like he just he'll just flat out beat them with his speed. Yeah, he's sure geared that you know when he needs it, especially on vertical routes and deep routes that he can really turn on the afterburners. And I think the scary he's not even the fastest receiver on his own team. Oh, Henry, oh yeah. Henry Ruggs, he, Henry Ruggs is actually faster. That's crazy. He, you know, at least a 4-4 guy. Henry Ruggs. So that just shows you that Tua has to work with on a weekly basis. That's just insane. The, the, you know, just the, the amount of speed on that, on that receiver core is just crazy. Um, but yeah, Judy is just a special prospect, and so Trayvon Mullen, who's going to be having to deal with all this. Um, I know you've actually dove into Trayvon Mullen uh, on your own on Reddit a little bit, so you already have a pretty good background on on Mullen's ability and um, what he brings to the table here as a prospect. Um, I, what do you? How do you think he's in a fair here, and what do you think he does well? What does he not do so well? So he's. I think in terms of what he does do well, I mean, you take one tell he's got style of what teams look for in number one outside. Uh, he's physical. He can press. That's what um, I think he's going to be able to run with uh, most of these uh, Alabama receivers. We'll see if, you know, if, if rugs is matched up against, if he's able to hang with rugs. Um, I think the main challenge, for being able to deal with a lot of the that good at gaining separation on you know on a lot of you know quick routes you know between you know five to ten yards and Mullen he does you know turning his hips and you know being quick in his transitions so that's something that's really it remains to be seen uh, how good Trayvon Mullen's ball skills really are. He just hasn't been enough over the majority of this year to see how good he is at finding the ball and, you know, at least, you know, uh, playing through uh, receivers' hands. So it it'll be we'll see if he's able to, you know, be a when the ball's in the air against these Alabama wide receivers. Yeah, um, with Mullen, when I saw it, here's what I, I, on film for me, I saw, um, I saw, I see a great size, lengthy guy that has long arms. He can, and he disrupts catches with the, those arms because uh, he, there's, he's such a lengthy dude. And um, 
I also think I actually think he's been pretty good at turning and looking for the ball when he when he's had to do it. it you know, it doesn't always come. You know, like you said, it hasn't always happened so much. But I think I've seen from when he's able to do it. I think he does a pretty good job of it. Um, and I think he plays the run in very very well uh, for his position, uh, which is a thing I don't know if gets talked about enough. Uh, he's a great tackler. Um, for a corner, I too often I see corners that just don't know how to tackle and they or just don't want to tackle, and uh, he that's not a problem with Mullen. He's got like a good size and length to do that, and he's able to get those arms out and uh, wrap guys up. Um, one the one thing with Mullen that I saw, uh, and maybe you disagree with, uh, but I to me this is what I see when I watched him. I think he gets problem has problems getting beat off the line of scrimmage and, and when he isn't pressing, and when he and he's trying to recover from it, I don't think he has that recover that great recovery speed, um, and I think sometimes he uses he gets grab happy when he isn't able to catch up, and then that draws penalties, and I don't think he properly works himself back into his coverage with with speed and his flu, and fluidity. I just I feel like he gets a little grabby, and I th- I think he may try to making trying to make up for his shortcomings there, with that. Um, like you said, I think he's very good in the press situations, gets physical. But when he's playing a little off man, it's that's when things get a little, a little dicey with him. Yeah, when yeah when he when he's asked to play off, it gets, you know he get as you said he does get a little bit handsy, a little bit anxious uh, before the ball arrives. Uh, that's something that I think were once or twice against Notre Dame. Um, so that is some that is you know, going to be a bit of a you know concern on a, on Monday night. But yeah, I think you know being able to uh, you know hang with these wide receivers and how they're able to gain separation. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how we deal. And, you know, if he, if he's the athlete to be, to with his size and, you know, if he's the athlete that teams would look for in a first round corner pick with his frame, then he, then he'll have to show it on Monday night. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough against those those speedy receivers. Yeah, I do like that you brought up the point because I agree he's and it's not like he has a huge frame. He's like you know six one six two, uh, one hundred ninety pounds. He's not. He doesn't have the biggest frame. He's a huge muscled up dude, but he does play physical against the run, and he does a really good job of setting outside runs and forcing ball carriers to cut back inside into the other I'm glad that you brought that up because that's probably the related part about you know playing in the NFL is that if you can't if you can't finish plays and make tackles against the run you are in for a lot of trouble yeah oh yeah you're toast uh, and I, I think just that that goes a long way. I, I'll just give you an example of, of a guy that had supposedly first-round talent, that but that just had zero 
ability to want to be physical, and that was Justin Gilbert for my team. <laughs> um, um, well, my team too. At one time. At one time <laughs> for for a cup of coffee, but yeah, uh, exactly. and there was a reason for that. Uh, uh-huh. um, I mean, oh my God, you talk about a guy that just didn't had all the the speed and all the the athletic. A, a corner measurables, but just did not want to have anything to do with with bringing a guy down or, or really getting physical in general with yeah. anybody. And it's it just killed him in his career, and uh, probably his lack of love for the game in general uh, factored mm-hmm. into that. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's always the first example I I, I go I go to of a guy that just doesn't didn't want to make those tackles, didn't want to do the dirty work as a corner, you know. And you know, it's more the corner position is more than you know covering your guy and, and winning that battle out there. It, it's a, it's really about you know making the the tough tackle sometimes on the edge when sometimes plays leak out and you're the last line of defense and you need to you need to make it happen sometimes. Yeah, I think that's the one I think that's one of the main things that you know really gives me hope uh with Mullen is that that's fine with being physical he can pull brand of football and I think that's something that's going to help him in the long run right 100% agree with you yeah as much as I I do like I did I do get concerned about that like sometimes his his uh ability his lack of ability sometimes in in like off man and stuff where where he sometimes his recovery isn't great but you know I'd like that he's he's a hard he's a hard worker and he fights he, you know he's in every battle and you know he's he's not he doesn't give up and he's uh like you said very physical guy and I don't know I I think it's going to be it's still going to be a very tough matchup on Monday, I think for him, I I um I hope he's utilized right. I hope they don't play too much off coverage because I think they're going to eat them alive if they do that. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, I think and I think I think if you have to be aggressive with those guys off the line of scrimmage, uh, the Bama guys, you need to press them and you need to just throw them off their spot and yeah, you, you can't let them have anything. Yeah, a lot of how Bama wants to get to it going early is they want to establish a rhythm early with, you know, some quick passes. And if you, and if, you know, if you're a Clemson and you allow a lot of free release, you know, that's going to get, and that's just going to open up everything. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, so, you know, now, Let's think. We haven't really talked about much of the uh, the Clemson's offensive side of the ball. Um, a lot of it because a lot of those guys just really aren't draft eligible yet. Um, but uh, I mean, there's a few guys there. I think that you know either you know if even one guy this year, um, but uh, then uh, actually next year, you know, is a, in the next couple of years is a different story. But um, you know, so let's talk about a little bit about Hunter Renfro and what he does for that that Clemson offense. Um, and he he's eligible, you know, this year and as a prospect and to be drafted. What, what do you like about Hunter Renfro? I because I, I like a lot about him from what I've seen. Yeah, the best the what I, I like Renfro and really what my top trait of you know that I prioritize when looking at wide receivers and Renfro is one of the best just pass catchers in this entire class. He's so reliable. 
you know, at different levels of the field. He's able to catch pretty much everything, you know, really drops with him. And whether it's been Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence, he's... Or, Kel- or Kelly Bryant. At, <laughs> yeah, or Kelly Bryant. <laughs> I, I try to, you know, forget about that one year, but... It is, but that's true. He, you know, he he was there for all three. Of that where he's just such a reliable piece in the slot. Is he's going to get open, and if you throw the ball his way, he's not going to drop it. He's going to make the and it's going to be him moving the chains. Yeah, man, I, I agree, hundred percent. Same, same sort of sentiment I have with Renfro. I mean, he's made some big catches in his career. I mean, she's, I mean, the national title winner. I mean, he had, you know, and that was, uh, that was a huge one. And you know, he just, he's come down with some pressure catches when they, when they've needed him most. It, it's like he's the guy when they, they need something to happen. He's the guy they go to. And yeah, no, maybe he's not the flashiest guy in the world. You know, he may not give you the biggest plays. But man, he, he gives you the ones that count, and he will get you those those eight yards if you need those eight yards. Yeah, yeah, he's a clutch performer, and you you can't have enough of those guys in the NFL. That's for sure. Oh yeah, I think he easily um, goes somewhere, and maybe maybe he's like a day three pick, you know, and. I, I think it'd be crazy if he didn't get drafted, but you know, I, and things happen. I know sometimes you know. Oh, he'll get- you know, sometimes you know the the less like athletic freak guys kind of get overlooked sometimes. But uh, I think I think he's too good to be passed up. You know, I think if you guys can get him in that that range, I think he'd be an excellent addition to your to your receiving core. And I think he's gonna be a reliable guy you can depend on in the NFL, like you said. Yeah, I think you know, barring anything crazy going on character wise, I I. I wouldn't be surprised if he drafted, you know, early day three. I wouldn't surprise. Right. I, I agree. And, like, and, but then, um, really, with uh, Clemson, though, like I said, a lot of the other guys, they're not going to be eligible this year, but maybe, like, the next couple of years they will be. Um, so, obviously, the, the a lot of the hype right now has, has been around, you know, young Trevor Lawrence and just uh, the talent he's he's particularly got um for the, in the next couple of years or so um he's only a true freshman and which is just insane uh regarding like how he stepped in there and done what he's done yeah i mean you look at the numbers for yards passing and like you know he was the first you know third of the year with uh 27 touchdowns to only four picks that is just incredible as a true freshman in a Power 5 conference. So, you know, you saw against Stokes Dame all year with, you know, the talents there, the athleticism's there, is there, you know. As long as he keeps improving like everyone thinks he's going to keep improving in 2021, I, I don't see anyone, you know, any way that that wouldn't happen for such a hyped-up Oh, um, yeah. With his tools. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, it's just, he makes some pro throws out there. It's just, it's pretty unbelievable. He's already making throws that are just, you just look and you say, oh, wow, that's a, that's a pro. That's a pro throw. That's an NFL throw. Yeah. His ability to push the ball downfield is. Reverb. 
teenager, basically, <laughs> for right. being you know eighteen, nineteen years right. old. Yeah, it, it's in, it's insane. Just the, his potential already is just it's just ridiculous. Um, and then you know he's got another pass catcher that you know people are talking about probably for next year is is going to be a pretty big pick in uh, in T Higgins. And, and a lot of potential there with Higgins, uh, and he's really shown out lately as himself. Yeah, I you know Higgins is a guy that I liked watching this year. Um, you know, height, weight, speed guy who's all on top of that. He'll be fighting with you know he'll be fighting a wide receiver one next year. Oh yeah, him and Judy and Lawrence. LaVisca Chenault, uh, you know, in that that 2020 class. CD Lamb. Everybody's talking about yeah, and CD yeah. Lamb. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle, man. I tell you, it's gonna be what a receiver class next year. It's gonna yeah. be. Yeah, the the skill positions for next year is just gonna be fantastic. Um, so, you know, this year, you know, if you need defense, this year's the draft for that. If you need offense, next year. Yeah, that's what it's shaping yeah. up to be, at least. Absolutely. Um, Let's talk about though. What speaking of? Uh, oh, well, speaking of, you know, guys on the Clemson offense, Travis Etienne. Oh yeah, right. Oh my gosh, I almost Jesus, almost forgot about him. Um, and it's a guy that you shouldn't forget about. One of the fastest dudes that I have I have seen uh, on the college level. It, it, his home run ability is is just astounding. Yeah. This. Yeah, his ability to—he's a guy that just outruns every. You know, once he, once he finds that, like uh, Gale Sayers, once he finds that eighteen mm. inches of daylight, he. Yeah, it's 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 over. It's 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 insane. I I just think that he, he he's definitely a special like home run. He got that home run ability. Um, you know, he actually added a little more weight on than he did. From last year, and uh, it, it it shows in in how he um, in how he plays um, because yeah he may, I don't think and he doesn't really lost that speed either even when gaining that weight now he's got a little more no. weight weight to push push a little farther you know inside and uh, I, it's still going to be a little bit of tough sledding though for him I think in this game against that uh, frightening defensive uh, inside interior for Alabama. <laughs> And then, and then after that, you've got Dylan Moses. Oh yeah, Dylan Moses as well. This is Mac Will down. Yeah. So we'll see. You know, if you, you know, especially against Mac Wilson, who's one of the most athletic linebackers yeah. in college football. Yeah, and if we've, we've talked about it ad, ad nauseum. So you know, I won't yeah, exactly. go into we, we've too much here. Him. We don't need to. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Well, but but yeah, we have a whole episode on him. Yeah, Wilson Wilson is going to give some problems, and uh, he covers covering sideline to sideline there, and yeah, yeah I don't know, and, and it's going to be tough sledding for NTN, I think, to find some running room though in, in this one. It's going to be really really hard for him. Yeah, it will be because I, I expect this Alabama defensive line to really have its way with the Clemson offensive oh, line. Oh um, oh my goodness! Um, I just think <laughs> the depth and the talent and the. <laughs> will just be too much. Yeah, just the the Clemson offensive line talent just doesn't match up with the Bama D D line talent, um, especially in the middle. I mean, I I mean it's like Quinn Williams, man. 
Oh, oh my God. <laughs> that, that's all that's I got to really, say. That's all that, I got to say. Evaluation right there. Yeah, that's, that's all I got to say when I watch this guy. Um, uh, he might just be the best prospect I've I've seen in like several years. Um, I, I'm just baffled at the dominance this guy brings to the table. It's it's honestly insane how dominant this guy is. I don't even, I don't know what I've, I think the closest we've seen to him, you know, lately is probably Donald, you know, and, and that, and that's, and I think that is the kind of dominance he can bring to the NFL. I mean, that is how good this guy is. Well, he's certainly playing like, you know, that level in terms of going up against college guys, he's been that kind of dominant. Um, I expect you know, I, I'll never compare anyone to Aaron Donald. He's probably he's oh. the best defensive tackle I've ever won. Right. And he might be the best defensive tackle I'll ever. <laughs> oh, I think when it comes, life. I think when it goes down, I think he probably is. But yeah. <laughs> so you know, I'll I'll never compare anyone to AD, but um, but I expect Quinnen to have uh, ill, you know, a very and you know his strength, his quickness, you know his hand usage on the interior. Oh, it's just God. he's got ball. Um, the, the, I mean, the frightening thing with Quinn and Williams is guys will throw double teams at him, and he actually breaks through double teams. Yeah, nothing, but, like it's nothing. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, how, how do you defend that? How do you even defend that? Yeah, it's just that he. Is, like, you literally just have to run away from him at that point. You have to, you have to, as an offense game plan, to run all your plays away from th- that man, and that's just that's just completely ducks up your your whole offensive game plan in in general because you basically have to account for one whole area of the field because he's just going to dominate that area yeah. the entire time. And, and he has uh, six, seven, three, ten. Raquan Davis Ra- right next to him. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. So it doesn't get any easier. No, it doesn't no. get any easier. It, it just and it they create that pressure through the middle as well on passing downs, and it's like it, it's just it's just unreal. There's just nowhere to go. It's nowhere to go. Yeah, it's you just oftentimes you see those those two just breaking through the the whole middle just collapses and and it's just it's just a disaster for anybody going up against them. And I don't know how Trevor Lawrence is going to respond to this. I don't think he's seen anything like this so far. Um, from what he's faced, not even close. No, I mean, I feel like, you know, Trevor has done a great job of handling the pressures of being a starting quarterback on on a national championship contending team. Um, I feel like he has the disposition to championship game environment, but the physical pressure Alabama is going to be immense. Yeah. And so we'll we'll see if he's if he'll if he'll be able to escape the pocket and make quick throws. Yeah, see that's the thing. They they're going to have to game plan it. They're going to game plan it where they have to throw quick almost every time. And I don't know if he's ready to do that yet. That's you know, that's a skill where you need to be just really well versed in what you're doing 
and it take it, it's not for young quarterbacks. That's a little bit of a difficult task sometimes to, to do that and get the ball out quick to your guy and make your read quick. And he's going to have to do that a lot in this game. Yeah, and if you know if Dabo and Trevor decide, hey, we're going to try and push the ball ball downfield, he's going to be happy deal with uh, Deontay Thompson on the back end. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> um, uh, physically, athletically gifted uh, safety for Alabama uh, is Deontay Thompson. And, man, whew, he's he's an, uh, an imposing force himself. Um, I I mean, he's just uh, another guy that he's very – he always – reads he's got it's a very good read on where the quarterback's eyes are and he has that speed to work himself into a play and the back end and recover and uh get to where the ball is going yeah yeah he's you know this uh not afraid to go downhill go downhill and oh uh, no he is and, not <laughs> and lay some tackles and you know lay some wood on people he's got fantastic range uh you know when he tries to read the quarterback i think he gets a little bit greedy a couple times. Yeah, you know his eyes deceive him a little bit. Uh, you know his athleticism, his uh, gr- his mentality, his ball skill. He's got almost everything you want in a safety prop. Oh yeah, it, it's um, I just I just love how aggressive he is. I mean, yeah, sometimes I, his aggressiveness does get a little bit of a better of him on, on tackling angles and whatnot, um, <laughs> for sure, but. Uh, I think I'd really rather at least a guy that is stepping up to make plays like that at the line of scrimmage. He, I think he plays uh, very, very well there um, when he's not playing um, his coverage in the back. And, uh, but yeah, I, I agree though. Sometimes I think he does get tricked by reading the quarterback a little too much and uh, gets uh, uh, kind of uh, thrown off his, uh, where, where he's supposed to be going. And, uh, quarterback and th- uh, an experienced quarterback and maybe manipulate him with his eyes and uh you know he's gonna have to, to get a little more disciplined in that area i i do agree with that yeah it's important uh you know to remind everyone that uh this is pretty much Deontay Tom's first full year starting so right he you know, like, started that's last the, year in the game the, the, well, when the national championship game was his first start right yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's not a lot of experience, you know. So he's kind of just getting into the the swing of things already, and he's still making plays. Yeah. So you know, even though he has some, you know, a little bit of trouble with, you know, quarterbacks being able to see to deceive him a bit with his eyes. I think, you know, as I still have him rated because of his ball skills and his athletic talent and, you know, his, you know, willingness that's still, you know, you that to being a very good safety in the NFL as he just gets more experience and more playing time on the field. Right. Um, uh, it's just, yeah, I do. I do just, I like his profile. His just his build. And, uh, you know, he's a pretty good size too. He's six two one ninety six. So, I mean, that's, that's a nice size. Well, I think, Six. I think that's oh, maybe a little bit off, but you know, yeah, a, I think I think it's a little bit much. I think I've seen he's more. I think I've I've seen him. That's more like. Uh, people think his actual 
Wait. Yeah. It, he plays yeah. bigger than that. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> he plays bigger than that. Wow. So wow. It's All something right. that, you know, worried me that much because he's going to hit guys. He's right. going to hit guys. Yeah. He's not afraid. No, he's a big guy. He's he is a big guy. You're so you're probably right, uh, and I I think he does he does play bigger than that. So I, I I do I do think you're right on that. I think he is bigger than than you know the measurables say. So and I think that's a lot of the case with a lot of these you know measurements anyway. You know they kind of measure these guys earlier on in in their career, and they sometimes grow. <laughs> and yeah, uh, or you know sometimes they'll you know exaggerate pump. Yeah, but like you know, I think we saw you know everyone was talking about how Ed Oliver, oh yeah, that no, was not at all. no, two seventy five, yeah, <laughs> yeah, two eighty at max, yeah, six one. Oh yeah, no, there's no way that man is two ninety. Uh, not not a chance. <laughs> no, no, no but, def- definitely you know, I not. Think I, I had one more prospect touch on. Oh, you know, almost. At, the warmer mark here, but one guy that I did quickly touch on, Irv Smith. Jr., oh, I was just going to I was just going to bring him up, actually. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, yeah, I literally was just going to say Irv Smith too. We forgot about Irv Smith. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of Irv Smith. I, I can't like make a draw a ton of conclusions on his play. I, I admittedly haven't, you know, seen a lot of Irv Smith um, and what he does in their offense. I've seen a couple plays. He makes some. He's made some nice catches, but uh, I don't know. What do you What do you think of him? Is he more of like a pass catcher, or is he more of like a blocker, or is he balanced? Uh... I really like him. I think I'd say he's more of a pass catcher, but I think he's an adequate blocker too. Um, but he really makes uh, down the field as a pass catcher. He's a lot. You know, he's more athletic than pretty much every linebacker he goes up against. So he's able. Make a living at all levels of the, the field. He does a really good job in the red zone too. He's a big target down there. He's let's see, what is he listed at? He's listed at six four two forty. He's got a good frame, uh, really athletic. Speed, you know, like I said earlier, he's got speed. Um, pretty reliable. A couple drops that, you know, I think. Where they looked like concentration drops to me, but yeah, I did see him drop a couple. He's um, a guy that, yeah, uh, but yeah, I did. A good tight end prospect and a loaded tight end class. He's a guy that's probably going to end up in my top fifty when it's all said and done. Um, I just just think take a look at modern tight ends and what they're asked to do. I think Irv Smith really fits that billing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree. I think, um, I, I think you're probably right. And uh, I, I mean, I like, like I said, I haven't seen as much as probably you have on him. But I, I think, like, if you know, if you can stretch the field as a tight end now, um, you, you know, you can you can definitely play in the NFL. Um, I, you wouldn't say he's like OJ Howard level good. No, no. And I. That'd be the comparison that everyone makes because they're both Alabama products. Um, I I loved OJ Howard. I was very much on the OJ Howard band. Uh, Rightfully uh, so. Smith, yeah, I mean, he's turning out to be pretty good target uh, in uh, in te- down in the Bay. I expect him to really break 
out as he takes the tight end one reigns from Cameron Bray, but a discussion for another time. Uh, Whoever the hell is going to get him the ball there, though. <laughs> God, God knows at this point. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like, I, I think Irv Smith probably be, be pretty good. Um, I, I haven't, I don't think I'd rate him as high as I've, I've rated like, a, like a Noah Fant though. You know, I think Noah Fant is probably like my, um, probably my tight end one right now. Um, and just in terms of sheer potential, uh, uh, so yeah, Irv Smith, um, is, is going to be a guy, I think goes in the third fourth round around uh around that level um i think I, I like you said i think i for me like my tight end one right now is like noah fan who i think goes in like like the later first uh possibly you know maybe early second if some things go really crazy but um um you know Irv smith i think is a guy that could definitely contribute to a team as like a, as a second tight end right now yeah i think i i I think you know we saw last year with the tight end class that we didn't think was all that. We still Hayden Hurst. Go, go, oh yeah. Uh, you know, in the first round we saw Dallas Goddard and Mike Isicki in the second round. Um, but so I think I, I think we could see Irv Smith go in the second round. I think that's the range. Um, I, I agree on Noah Fant as well. I think we'll see him in the back end of the first round, uh, just because tight end value is in a weird. Spot where everyone wants, you know, they would love to have really dynamic chess piece at tight end, but at the same time, they don't value high in the draft, and it's just a weird thing. Um, so, But overall, yeah, I think Irv Smith is going to come in and be a contributor uh, pretty early on. Yeah, um it, actually, I think the thing uh, with the, just going on the tight end th- uh, thing too. The, I think the one interesting thing I'm waiting for is does T.J. Hawkinson, the fellow yeah. Iowa tight end of Noah Fant, declare? There's some people saying that he could possibly be the first tight end off the board if he if he does. Yeah, uh, he's really picked up a ton of steam, and rightfully so. He's had a fantastic year as the. As the tight, as the uh, other Iowa tight end, um, you know we've seen the uh, the blocking uh, ability to be a receiver. You know, like like you know most of these tight, like you know an Irv Smith or an Offant, he he's can be a receiver at all three levels of the field. Uh, you see his athleticism after the catch; he's you know really great there. Um, it's just yeah, we're just waiting to you know if he declares and. It, how many tight ends is he going to hop if he declares? <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people, I think, fear if he were ever to get into the hands of Bill Belichick. I'll just oh yeah, put put it that yeah. much. <laughs> put, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that that is a, a Patriots type of uh, draft pick right there, and uh, I, I could definitely see it happening if he does declare, because he he is a complete football player, hundred yeah. uh, percent, and. Uh, I, when I would watch Noah Fanfield, I'd be like, "Wow, damn, this guy's pretty darn good too." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like this thirty-eight guy's really doing some great stuff too. <laughs> like, oh shoot! I wonder if he's eligible. Oh, yes, he is. Uh, it's like, oh my god! Like this guy's good too. Like this is insane. Like they they got yeah. like two first-round tight ends playing for them right now. This is unbelievable. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah. So like, Irv Smith, that I don't think is definitely in, isn't in that tier, but I think he's at right in the tier below that. Uh, I I would agree with that. 
um, that much. So, um, what? So, what? Uh, the final thoughts on the national title game, though. So, you know, with all this factored in, and now we're kind of talking more just game game wise. I mean, what what do we think? What do you think is going to happen here? You know, the on your honest opinion. Um. Uh, you know, Alabama on offense, they've just, they've just got too many weapons to really contained for a long stretch of time. And I think, uh, more importantly, Alabama's defensive line is going to overwhelm Clemson's offensive line. And uh, things are going to get tricky in coverage for uh, Trevor Lawrence. I think Alabama's going to throw a lot of stuff at a lot of coverages that he hasn't seen that much of. And... I, and I think that, coupled with the pressure from Bama's defensive line, I expect uh, I expect the tide to get it done. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I pretty pretty much uh, similar. I similarly am I'm on kind of on your boat there. I think just a lot of it is that just Clemson. I just really apart from Trayvon Mullen, they don't have a whole lot of impressive pieces back there in that in that back end that really scare you, especially against that that squadron of receivers that they that they have and uh and then to go along with it, a trio of running backs they just they just they can throw so many different things at you and i just don't think they have enough personnel back there that's really good that can make a difference uh yeah. in stopping the, all those guys it, it's going to be a long day i think for those guys it's going to be a lot of, of and that like i said that defensive line is going to have to have the best game of their lives uh, yeah. At this in this game, they're gonna have to pressure Tua um, constantly, constantly pressure Tua. Who we actually we haven't really talked much about Tua. Yeah, we and, yeah, I was, I was, yeah. I was thinking about that towards the end. I'm like, we haven't really covered Tua. Um, I mean, he's talked about so much already. I don't think we have to go uh, too right. Deep into and, and that's why I, I've kind of strayed away from that. I almost think Tua gets almost talked about too much now. Um, yeah. In, in terms, of, it's just there. It's just almost. Uh, to a point of of ridiculousness, um, it, I mean, I like the kid. Don't get me wrong. I think he's going to yeah. be a, a, very, a really good prospect, but I, th- I really don't think he's like this perfect quarterback that people no. pra- praise him out to be. Um, no, I don't think so either. He he is, you know. he was uh, co- he was put in a very very good position to succeed. Well, I'll say that much. Yeah, I think he. Th- this is how I would describe to a. You know he's obviously a great talent, but he, he he's been able to put Bama over the top. But really watch him play. He his you know he's not a guy that's right now able to do a lot a lot of you know quick processing stuff and you know defenses and manipulating defenses because he has. So many that his first read is always open. Right. Yeah. And he has that and he, he's going to be able to have to work on. And he just has a ridiculously natural arm that he just relies on, you know. And I, I and I don't think the the mental part of the game has caught up to the, the, that yet, <laughs> you, you know. Yeah. It, it's, it can certainly get there. He's only a sophomore. He's still a really young kid. So I, I don't want any of the listeners to think that we're just hating on him. Like, oh no, we both not at all. He's going to be a good prospect come next year. It's just. You know, I, there are some people that I think want to make him out to be something that he isn't. Yeah, and 
Yeah, I just I think I think at the end of the day, you know, I think Tua, you know, he's gonna be really good. It's just right now, I think, you know, and you've seen it, and and, and plus, I mean, obviously, some of it had definitely had to do with injury. You know, I'm not definitely gonna not yeah, gonna gloss yeah, over absolutely. that. You know, that was a pretty you know major major thing that you know with his ankle. So I mean, that had to be surgery done on it too. I mean, that was mm-hmm. you know that's not a you know little. Just no thing. Yeah, it's definitely been a significant thing over you know the past few games for him. Yeah, that's that gonna, he's you know to his gonna, credit he's been able to overcome. Right, that's gonna be a thing to watch out though for too. Uh, with like pressure wise coming at him, you know, will he be able to escape as well? Uh, with that, yeah. Being said, you know, it. I know he's had some time to recover, but you know, obviously, you know, he's probably not a hundred percent. I don't think he. I don't think anybody no, would I, be. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to be. You know. 100% just through a full season anyway. So, you know, even if you are, you know, listed as, you know, full. So I think, you know, that combined with, you know, the injury and the surgery, it'd be tough for me to think, right. oh, yeah, he's definitely 100% healthy. Yeah. yeah, and I think the, the thing with a lot of things, the thing with Tua was earlier in the season, in the mid to like the mid, later, even the mid, the, mid part of the season was that he didn't have to throw that much. <laughs> no, he, no, he didn't have to do it. With Tom. He, he would be so efficient because he really didn't throw that much. <laughs> his efficiency was insane. Don't get me wrong. Like that, his efficiency was at this times this year was just impeccable. Um, you know, but obviously some of that comes with some of the, the lower level competition they played, you know, that was kind of easy pickings, but, uh, yeah, a lot of times they would take them out in like third quarters of games because uh, yeah, because they're up thirty five points. Right, so he would you know he wasn't tested that much, so I just want to see you know how he responds to like really being tested you know because we don't yeah. haven't really gotten and I, and I think he yeah and I I think he did a good job of that in the Georgia game. But, oh oh you know. yeah that that was uh yeah uh huh that was wild. I I don't know if that's something we'll, like we'll ever yeah. see again anything like that ever again. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, I, yeah, that, that, you know, a pass test, but (laughs) he's going up against Clemson. It gets harder. Oh yeah. No, for sure. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I was curious to see like how that, if, if any like teams are able to like have closer games with Alabama in the future and see like how he, uh, how he performs in those games. Cause it's a lot of it has been kind of easy for him, you know, and in a lot of these games have been, haven't been really like, he hasn't had to show a whole lot, you know, I mean, he had, you know, he's shown some good, he's done enough. Yeah. But he, you know, he can just, you know, take a quarter and a half, quarter and a half of rest. Cause he's yeah. got him up so much. Right. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see just more like just to a, just full game, um, you know, pressure, some pressure, more pressure situations in the future. Um, yeah, it, just sure. more, just more of him against good competition, pretty much. Yeah. That's what we're trying to say. Yeah, but uh, I think at the end of the day, like you said, I think Bama wins this. Um, I, I know it's probably not the thing people want to hear. I think I'm sure people are sick <laughs> of it, and I mean, I'm kind of sick of it. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I, yeah, I am too. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I mean, it's like I respect the dominance. Like I respect. Oh, absolutely. Like you have to. Like how well they they you know they've been able to do this as a program. I mean, Nick Saban deserves, you know, all the credit for yeah. it. And I Absolutely. mean, you know, and in the world for it, but it's just, you know, it's gotten to a point of just, you know, okay. I mean, this is just kind of getting to the point where, <laughs> you know, 
two teams are. <laughs> it's getting a little. Sick. Yeah, it, it's it's just kind of uh, it's kind of bad when when the college football landscape has become like this. And I, and honestly, that's a lot of it's on other you know coaches not being able to recruit as well than them. You know that's. Uh, mm-hmm. You know that that come, it boils down to yeah. that as well. You know, and, yeah, uh, and and we're seeing. You know, we're starting to see that with uh, with Georgia and Clemson and how their you know their successes in recruit. Uh, you know, for for a tad lesser extent, Ohio State too. Uh, well, Alma, but it's pretty it's just, uh, yeah. Pretty sad they've already blown uh, Justin Fields already though. That was a that was a pretty big uh, <laughs> yikes there. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, to be fair, you know, I I don't know how, you know, I actually, I, I I would say that I don't know how Fields expected to start over from, um, your, you know, these coaches tell these kids so many different, yeah, things. oh yeah, you never know what was said, and you, him or whatever, so, it that's recruiting, that's just how it goes, um, for you know, unfortunately for those kids. It's gonna be it's interesting to see how he does at Ohio State with uh, a young brash Tate Martell there already. Uh, yeah, I, it'll be it'll be an interesting uh, battle, you know, assuming Haskins declares, which he he still hasn't yet, even though. Why? Why? Like, dude, just no just word. declare, man. Days like, out from for God's sakes, know. like, come on, know. like everybody knows, like you're like, you're leaving, like you're yeah. not coming back. Let's let's nah. give it a rest yeah. here. You're the number one quarterback. There is nothing to think by about far. here. Like by just, far, just go. You've won the Rose Bowl at Ohio State. <laughs> that means something. Right, right. You've done. You know, you've done a lot of. You've already accomplished a lot. Like you know, paid. Oh yeah, no, no doubt. It's just, just, just get paid, and you know, you're. You can work on your your shortcomings and whatnot while you're in the pros. Just go exactly. now. Exactly. Yep, just yeah. go now. Don't make yeah. the same mistake Matt Liner, Matt Barkley did. <laughs> Don't do it. Just go. <laughs> just go. Just go. I mean, I mean just go. You, don't, you don't have your four-star t- coming in this next recruiting class. Just go. Right. You, you won the Big Ten title. You won the Rose Bowl right off into the sunset. Yep. 100% 100% agreed and I think he lands at, at in Jacksonville at number 7. I I don't think he's lasting to 7. I think really? I think someone I think someone's moving up to 2 to get him. Ooh, whether that, uh, that wow. Jacksonville or Denver or whoever, I think someone's coming up to 2 to huh. make sure Interesting. In this quarterback class, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I guess you're right, though, because like you said, there, you know, it's not a whole lot behind there, you know, and uh, I guess you, know, you want to secure your guy. And the Niners are the perfect trade down partner. They're always they're for, always for open what for business they need and where they are. Yeah. Yep, they're always open for business. Uh, but boy, I I don't know. I, I it would be hard for me to trade down there when a guy like Quentin Williams is. Uh, just sitting there. <laughs> it, it, it's hard, but when Oof. you have Buckner and Eric Armstead, it makes it a, yeah. a tad easier, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. But um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think at the end of the day, um, they you know Clemson, Bama, and Bama wins wins pretty. I think pretty handily. Uh, I don't. I, I don't think it's going to come down to uh, to like the the last quarter. Even I. I, I really nah, do feel like Bama's going to. Kind of take this one pretty, pretty big. Yeah, I think I think it's what Bama, Bama's favorite 
by six, I'd I'd take that. Yeah, I would take it. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. So, um, we have uh, so we were t- we were gonna talk about some kind of some guys that I think stock has gone up a little bit, and uh, who would you say right now, um, whose stock has really gone up? Um, stock up. Um, I'll go with one. Uh, you know, we've seen so many guys skip their bowl games, and I completely understand it, especially after you know Jake Butt and Jalen Smith. Obviously, you know, I I don't want to see any of these guys get hurt, and that just tanks their draft stock. But Chauncey Gardner Johnson from Florida helped himself tremendously against Michigan with the. Oh wow! Um, see, like I actually haven't uh, seen a whole lot of him, uh, so I, I can't really add a whole lot on him, uh, admittedly. Um, so <laughs> I, I will punt on that one. But I will say, um, I will say, um, I, guess, I honestly just haven't watched a lot of Florida games at all this year. That that's just in general. I just have not watched Florida games at all, and I need to soon because I want to watch some of uh, polite is uh, his film. Um, I haven't gotten to him yet, but um, a guy I think the the big riser has been Josh Allen uh, as of late. Yeah, uh, I I mean people are talking he might be top two now. Yeah. I've seen that where people are saying, hey, if the Niners are sticking around at two, Allen could very well be their guy. Yeah, it might just be him, and um, you know who who knows like. You know, from there, I mean, another guy, um, I see another guy who's, like, stock I saw really um, has been going up lately. And this one, I'm not sure if I really understand it. It was Rashawn Gary. I mean, his stock's always kind of 15 range, I feel. It's just, you know, at least for my that high because just simply the the production hasn't really uh, what where he should be at. I feel in his development right now, it it just like it, personally, I think he's an interior defensive lineman at the next level, and Michigan's been playing him out. So I think that's something that's hurt him as well. It's just mm. I think a lot of his stock is projection at this point. Yeah, and I don't exactly blame blame uh, evaluators for that. He has such a great, you know, has great quickness, and you know, he's a very strong, uh, very strong person and players understand it. But you know, um, I then uh, I think like another like another thing with with him, I I noticed like I he had I think he has problems sometimes disengaging from blockers a lot, um. Rashawn Gary and I—I I just wasn't a big fan of his film at, at whatsoever. Uh, actually, I—he was one of my least favorite guys I've—I've I've seen uh, so far. Um, uh, when it comes to, I wouldn't draft him personally. Um, maybe I'm maybe I'm like crazy, but uh, I did not did not like his film very much. I wasn't wasn't too fond of what I saw. I I just think you have to be creative with him. Because I don't think Michigan, like personally, this is just me. I just don't think Michigan used him the best possible way. And that could be and I think, true. I think that's. Par- I definitely think that's part why 
some people value you know see you know value lower than uh, other people, especially these national media uh, scouts. Yeah, um, I just think I just think you have to get a little bit creative with them, and because you know if you put him on the interior, he's 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 a really quick athlete, and if you let him rush straight up field rather than asking him to bend, which he isn't that, then it'll, it'll help him out. Mm. You know, even in terms of his production, but I think that I want a a stock, a player I feel is stock up is uh, Charles O'Menick from Texas. He kind of plays all, you know, all around that defensive line, whether on the Mm. interior or at uh, defensive end, he's 6'6", 275. So he's got that kind of versatility, inside out versatility. Uh, I think uh, inside in a three four uh, at defensive end in a four three, or maybe maybe even uh, inside in a four three in uh, in some uh, third down packages. I think he's quick, he's strong, uh, decent with technique. I think he's going to be a guy that uh, he's going he's going to the Senior Bowl. I think he's going to be a guy that you see start to rise really. Huh. Interesting. I again another guy I haven't really looked into yet, so I'm gonna have to check him out uh soon. Uh but another guy I, I know has his I think his stock has kinda gone up lately is uh, Cody Ford from uh from uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, I did I did a breakdown of him uh yeah. on Reddit against Alabama and I, I liked what I saw for the most part. I think I'm I'm not sure he's a guy that you think he, he you think he plays guard? Play I was just gonna say you think he probably plays guard in the NFL, right? Um, I think if a team wants to use him, you probably put him at guard. But I think he could be a tackle in the league. I think I don't think I would start him year one as a tackle because he has a lot of technical uh, stuff to work out. You know, some habits that he'll need that'll need to be ironed out. Yeah, you know, as when he gets into the league, but uh, he's got. I love his feet. I think he's he's pretty flexible in terms of his hips and his knees, and you know, in terms and he has you know good knee bend too. And mm. he's a very strong guy. He's six four, three thirty five, three forty. So, I think I think he's a guy that you know could he could potentially be a guy that plays. Either guard spot or either tackle spot in the NFL. Huh. Interesting. Uh, I mean, again, you have that versatility, you know, um, ability there. So, I mean, I, I think, yeah. I mean, I think I don't know because I've seen actually saw him mock to the Browns a couple times, and I was like, you know, I'm a little skeptical of that because the Browns are pretty in- set interior wise. They have two of the best guards in the entire league. And, but I guess you know to play right the right tackle position maybe, you know if he could handle it. Yeah. But I don't know. I'd rather get a sure thing at at tackle than you know than a guy yeah, that guy. you're not so sure about. So mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not crazy about that that mock the, there. I've seen it a couple times and I was like yeah. I don't know about that. I think yeah I think you know if, if the Browns were maybe a couple of years away then I think it would be a better pick. But I mean. Now Cleveland's looking to, you know, they're looking at playoffs next year. Right. So if they're looking at, you know, my guess would be you're looking at a le- you're trying to get 
a left tackle to play in 2019. Cody Ford's probably not that guy. No, yeah, I, I, I just, I don't, I don't see that either. Um, you know, Greg Robinson has stepped in there admirably <laughs> and played, played a, a darn good left tackle, though. Honestly, he, he's, yeah, he's, I mean, finally he was bouncing around so much. He honestly that the those last, I don't know, eight or so games in Cleveland, he might have just literally saved his career in the NFL because he played pretty well. It, it was a remarkable turnaround for him and yeah. Rashad Perriman. Uh, Browns took, <laughs> Browns took two first-round outcasts and turned them into productive players, which is quite a, 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 a testament to Freddie Kitchens. Uh, cough, cough, please hire him as the head coach. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Well, you, I mean, even you—you you have to keep him on staff at uh, least. Uh, yeah. Oh, you can't let him get out of Berea. No, you can't. No, no way. No, God, no. Um, Which is what I'm hoping it happens, but it probably won't. I think I think Kitchens wants to be in Cleveland. I think he wants to work with Baker. So yeah. I think, and I think you know the the guys in the Browns front office are you know if if they don't hire Kitchens as head coach, they're gonna you know go to whoever they hire and like. You're keeping Kitchens as your OC, right? Like that's just gonna be what happens. Yep, that's that's the the word around the uh, the, the uh, rumor mill. So, yeah, and, and interestingly enough, I, I right now they actually have. Um, I, I know I'm I, I'm not a big fan of of Walter football, but um, he uh, he has <laughs> he has um uh, what's his uh, he actually has Wilkins being mocked to us, which would be a, a fan. I would be love that pick but uh, uh who, who knows i've also seen jeffrey simmons mock to us as well but uh that i don't know if it's even going to happen i don't even know if he falls that far to be honest with you we'll see. i mean his his stock seems so volatile right now i think i think it'll i think it'll solidify uh once we get past the combine and teams get to interview him i think that's when we'll see oh, Simmons right. start to rise back up yeah, because obviously there's the, the the whole video film back yeah. from him in high school and everything, and which was, was yeah a little damning. But uh, it, you know that's a that's a whole other situation, and I'm not I'm not yeah. even going to get into that because that that's no. that's just uh, that's a whole different can of worms. It's, it's, yeah, and I'm not even going to try to analyze that that whole situation. No, no. But um, yeah, no, I I feel like there yeah there's some guys that are kind of like fluctuating in and out and I, I feel like a guy that's dropped a ton um lately is greedy williams from lsu um i i i i wanted i wanted to kind of talk about the fall of greedy williams lately or maybe i i think it's more exaggerated than it is or or whatever but i feel like he has uh been uh and i think byron murphy has kind of like supplanted him as that number one corner now yeah i think so too i think I think people are seeing more of the uh, technical holes in Greedy's game that were there last year. I just don't think, for me, I, I wasn't crazy on Greedy uh, coming into the year. Uh, and I, I still like a Greedy, I mean, in terms of the ball skills and the physical tools. You know, there's definitely a ton to work with there. Um, but I think I think the Bama game opened a lot of eyes into – you know who greedy really is at the prospect right now and he's just kind of been very slowly falling since then um mm. and i i absolutely agree with you on byron murphy at his just meteoric rise into into being you know potentially the top cornerback of his class he's my cb1 right now uh i 
he reminds me a lot of Denzel Ward I from last year. Hundred percent agree with you. So, and <laughs> yep. I I love Denzel, and I really liked Denzel Ward coming out. Um, so I think, I think you know you're seeing you're definitely seeing a bit of a shift in uh, how those two guys are being viewed and uh, and their rankings respective to yeah. the I, cornerback. Position. I think I think a lot of the thing with with Williams too is um there, uh, he's not. One of those physical guys. He, he, I, I, he, I tend to see him shy away from that a lot, um, on film, and and then obviously the Bama film was was very very damning toward him. That was a not a good game, at all for him. No, he was uh, soundly outplayed by his uh, by his uh, partner in crime, Christian Fulton, that game. So, and I think. You know that really uh, started to uh, sway some people on uh, on where they valued Greedy Williams. Yeah, the so. funny thing is, I honestly don't even think he's the best player in their own secondary right now. Well, I think uh, in terms of you know ranking him compared to everyone else, to you know like Battle and Fulton and all those guys, I I think Delpit is by far the best yep. defensive back in that yeah, in that exactly. secondary. Yep, and exactly. I and I think. I think Greedy and Battle and Fulton are really talented guys, but Delpit's just on a whole another level. He's got it all put together. Yeah, it's yeah. just a complete prospect. Where yeah, Greedy Williams. I I saw the same thing when I saw that Bama game. I'm like, why are people talking about this guy being a top ten pick? Because he isn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I'm, I was, I saw it even when watching the game, and I'm like, where where is this top ten talent that I've been told about that with him? Yeah, I I expected better from him, but yeah, I I think it's just a lot of it. Just he, I think last year he had such a good year, and I think like I think he ended up. It's just this year he just kind of had a really big decline. Yeah, I mean, people saw, you know, he had uh like uh six interceptions last year. Um, let's see what else. Um, yeah, he had six interceptions, eleven passes broken up, thirty-eight tackles yeah. last year. Yeah, six yep. interceptions. Yeah. Ten, I have ten passes defend passes yeah. defensed on a sports reference or whatever. Um, so yeah, people see that ball production and they're like, and and then they see six two, you know, one one eighty five, yeah. one ninety, and they're like, oh wow, you know, this guy's this guy's got it. And you know, I think people overlooked some of his deficiencies last year, where now this year. He doesn't quite have that same ball production, mm-hmm. so now people are digging into his game more. So, yeah, I, I I agree. You know, and like you know, Denzel Ward and and uh, Byron Murphy and such, they're not the biggest guys in the world, but they just know how to play the position, right? Yeah, and I I think they are just technically more sound players than a guy like Greedy Williams, and and i i think that 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 therein lies the issue and why greedy williams is starting to fall cuz i think people are, are starting to really evaluate and see like oh okay like maybe this guy wasn't where you know he was you know kind of being projected earlier in the yeah. season and you know so i i i find i found it just interesting cuz i i've seen him now like getting mocked toward the later part of the first round instead of like the early part of the first round so yeah that's a pretty like steep you know difference uh-huh. so yeah i i've always, i definitely have wanted to talk about that for a while so it, it's just something i interesting i i've found yeah 
Yeah, it is. It's uh, it'll be interesting to see. You know, between you know Murphy and uh, and Mullen and DeAndre Baker from Georgia oh, yeah. and uh, Greedy in terms of where all these guys get drafted and what order they go. But uh, yeah, we we covered a we covered a lot of ground today. Covered a lot of ground. <laughs> yeah, we sure did. Uh, there, there, um, there's just a, it was just an interesting a lot of a lot of things to talk about with this uh, this national title game. Uh, like we like we said, there's just so many different matchups uh, that you could really only get in a game like this between these two teams because this is these two teams are the pinnacle of top recruiting and top NFL talent right now, and they're just matching up together just to have just a ton of of talent in the same same place at the same time. So there's going to be a lot of things you can keep your eyes on uh, if you're really into scouting and in, or into evaluating players. This is the game for you um, because there there is just a lot to see here and a lot of first-round, second-round, third-round talent just all over the place in this. Yeah. And, and not just yeah. even in this year, like the next two drafts <laughs> even. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. No, a lot of guys that are going to be uh, playing on Sundays, that's so. for sure. Yeah, so I hope we uh, were able to cover as much as we could about that. Um, this is not normally the type of show I usually do, but I figured for a special occasion like this, the national title coming up, just kind of cram a lot of stuff together into one and just have a lot of coverage on this this big game with a lot of implications for guys' stock going forth uh, in such a pressure situation like this. Uh, yep. So that's going to do it for the show today, though. Um, Nino, would you like to... Uh, say anything else? Plug plug anything uh, you're doing or, or whatnot? Um, yeah. Uh, Reddit. I'm still going to be having all that content. I've got a super secret special project on a on a certain Senior Bowl quarterback Ooh. that should be done this week. We'll see. Um, obviously, I have a. We talked about all the matchups. I'm sure I'll have a breakdown of one of the matchups between Bama and Clemson. Um, uh, on Reddit, I'm at. Uh, I underscore milk. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nino Olivier fifteen. That is N I N O O L I V I E R fifteen. And uh, yeah, that's it for my plugs. <laughs> All right. Um, and then you could find a uh, prospect profile um, on different platforms now. Uh, we are on. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Prospect Prof. Um, I have the iTunes or direct iTunes link in our in our. Uh, Twitter bio there as well, but you could also just search us up a prospect profile on iTunes. We're also on Stitcher now. Uh, you could find us on Stitcher as well at, with prospect profile by searching prospect profile on Stitcher. Um, we're on, and obviously we've been on Podbean since the start. Uh, Prospectprofile.podbean.com is where you can find our our page, and uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can search up prospect profile on Instagram. You will find us. Um, prospect profile on Facebook. Um, just want to say thank you again, Nino, for uh, joining me uh, again for this big, gigantic show that's probably ran <laughs> way, way too long for your for your own liking <laughs> at this point. Uh, I apologize for taking so much no. of your day up, but um, I, no, thanks for, thanks for having me on, Lawrence. Oh man, yeah, it's it's always uh, it's always a pleasure having you. Um, a lot of just a lot of insight there that I probably couldn't have just done on my own. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, just uh, thank you all for listening again. Um, I hope you all enjoy um, the national title game and and uh, everything that comes along with it. So uh, you know, stay tuned. Uh, probably gonna have a 
more of a normal episode uh, next week. Not sure exactly who's going to be uh, uh, talked about yet, but we're going to I'm going to play it by ear and see what happens. So uh, again, thanks all for listening and uh, take care.